This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm your host, Tyler Hurley, here with Robbie Lashua. Hello, everyone. I hope you had a good Christmas. Yes, yes. Hope you had some good food, got some good gifts, celebrated the Lord. Of course, yeah. Yeah, you better have given. Giving gifts is really fun. It is, yeah. I I, I like giving gifts. It's exciting to see people like people's reactions too when you give them things. It's kind of cool. It is. It's more. It's more blessed to give than receive. Yeah, Jesus said that. Kind of true. You know where he said that at. Where? Not in any of the Gospels. That's not mentioned once in any of the Gospels. It's only mentioned in 1 Corinthians. Is that weird? You know what? I didn't realize that. Paul, so, yeah. It's crazy. Paul says, the Lord said That's it's better funny. to give than receive. It's nowhere in the Gospels. It's Jesus' tradition that Paul knew oh, when he look wrote at that. 1 Corinthians. It's crazy. That's so, cool. That's, that's a side note. It has nothing to do that's with a, the That's an today. interesting little tip. So. It is. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. So um, today we're going to be talking a little bit more about the real Jesus, which yes. we, we talked about the past few weeks, uh, um, this idea of uh, counterfeit Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then last week we talked about the real Jesus. We're kind of continuing that idea this week, except we're going to be talking about Jesus's humanity. That's what we're going to be focused on today. Uh, But before we get into that, this is Christ Culture and Coffee. So Robbie has a coffee tip for all of you. Yes. The time of resolutions is upon us, Mm, right? Everybody's making promises they don't really intend to keep. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) No, just kidding. I don't, I'm not, you know what? I just don't make resolutions. Is that your resolution? That's my resolution. No resolution. Because the thing is, is if I don't make a resolution, then yeah. I don't have anything to break. You know, it's like I once made a resolution to get a new TV that was high resolution. Ah, ah see, <laughs> resolution, nice. resolution. Yeah, it was pretty cool. New year, new TV. New year, new me, new TV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I like that. So I, uh, I was thinking about New Year's resolution, and listen. If you're out there, you should make a resolution to do a better job with your coffee consumption. Mm, and I have two okay. very, very simple suggestions for you on this. This will not um, intrude upon your life. You're not going to beat yourself up because you can't fulfill this resolution. It's very simple. Two tips for a better year in coffee in 2021. Number one, make a concerted effort to buy better coffee. Hmm. That's it. That's that's it's pretty simple to do. Now we've talked about a lot on this show about the kind of beans you want and the kind of roast you want. You want it to be a fresher roast, and you want to grind the beans, and all of that stuff's important. But what I'd like you to do is just try to find good quality local roast that you can get your hands on. Mm, yeah. After it's roasted, pr- pretty quickly after it's roasted. It's simple. Every That's town right. has roasteries. You can get them even at there's like a local area at our at our supermarkets. Yeah, nowadays. well the thing is it's cool is like like you find that everybody kind of does something different. Yeah. That's the that's the unique thing about it. That's why you can go to weird places yep. that have like r- coffee that tastes better than you get at other places. True. Cuz it's not about where it was grown. Well, I mean that's a big contributing factor. Yeah, but it's not that big. It's more about how it's roasted. Exactly. And when yeah. it was roasted. And so that's why my tip for you guys is number one, make an effort this year to buy better coffee. And I'm not saying every time, I'm not saying you break the bank on this, but yeah. make an effort yeah. to try to buy some better coffee sometime. Yeah. Uh, try to kind of expand it. out and look for something new, look for something unique. Yeah. Right? It's really simple to do. And um, I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. Perfect. My second tip is that once you have this new coffee and you've made it, this better coffee you've bought, Take time to sit and to savor it. 
Yeah. So much of our life is rush, 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 and I'm gulping coffee not to enjoy the taste but to get the buzz so I don't collapse at work, right? Yeah. No, don't do that. Get a good coffee, make it, get up 15 minutes early, sit down with your Bible, sit down with your cup of coffee, and just enjoy it for a little bit. Mm. God made these things for us to enjoy. They're not just to propel us into a life of busyness and chaos. They're meant for us to enjoy. So take time this year to sit and savor good cups of coffee. It's really good for your soul. It's good for your mental well-being. And if you pair it with reading scripture, it's just a beautiful time to spend with the Lord. Yeah, I, I, that's a great coffee tip. Thanks. And so, yeah, you guys definitely want to be doing that. It would probably help you start off the new year well. <laughs> yes, definitely would. <laughs> All right. So getting into the topic for today, we're going to yes. be talking about the idea of Jesus's humanity. Now, as Christians, I think when we talk about Jesus, when we think about him, we, we often think about his divinity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that he is God and like the, the things that he did on the cross uh, like uh, for us spiritually, Uh, We worship him, we honor him, we praise him because he's God. However, I think we neglect the fact that he was also a human being like us. Yeah, we really do, man. It... it Again, we, we need to defend his divinity because obviously Jehovah's oh, Witnesses don't believe yeah. that. Mormons change the in idea. In fact, that, that's kind of like a, a major staple of what we believe is yes. the fact that he is God. Like yes. we, are, we are definitely saying that that's a big focus. But, it's huge. It's important. But, but what's also important is his humanity. Yes. We, we so often elevate his deity, which he was, that we neglect how amazing it was he was a human like us. Mm. We often punt to, well, of course Jesus did that because he's God. Well, yeah, but he was a human being like you too. Yeah. Which makes it kind of more amazing that he was frail like us. It and does. And he did the things that he did. So it is good to focus on the humanity. And so w- when we talk about this, there's so much in, in theology. It's, you know, the, the study of this is called Christology, the theology of Christ. Yeah. And there's so many different aspects to it. And we just want to talk about a couple today. Uh, the first is this aspect of Jesus emptying himself emptying himself. And we get this from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And I want to read that. Paul tells us this, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are on heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." So this passage discusses this theological concept of Jesus's self-emptying. He intentionally chose to be emptied. And this is called the kenosis. It's because in Philippians 2.7, where it says he emptied himself, the word is kenosis. Yeah, and so yeah. It's a that's where it comes from. Word. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. straightforward concept. And it means to empty. So Jesus emptied himself by becoming a servant, by becoming a human. And Paul says we need to be humble like that. So what does this mean? Uh, I think that this means Jesus temporarily gave up the independent exercise of his own attributes. 
of his own yeah. divine attributes. Because if he's God, he's omniscient. He knows all things. If he's God, he's omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful. Mm. If he's God, he's immutable, unchangeable. If he's God, there's all these things to the attributes of God, right? But it says he didn't yeah, consider yeah. equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself and became like us. So mm. the kenosis is that Jesus temporarily gave up the independent exercise of his divine attributes when he was a man yeah, on yeah, earth. Yeah, that's right. And so we, we see this too, that this occurred through several biblical passages. Yeah. Uh, like in Mark 13, 32, it says, but of the, that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but the father alone. So Jesus mm -hmm. admits in this passage that he doesn't know something. Wait, I thought right? he was God. I thought he's omnipotent doesn't, or omniscient. Doesn't well, he know all things? God does, but Jesus, the person of the Trinity, limited himself when mm -hmm. he was among us. And he did so so that he could experience what we experience. So he admits right there that he doesn't know everything that the Father knows because the Father knows all. Yeah. And because he limited himself. So uh, that's something that's very interesting to think about. So if the kenosis happened, Jesus willingly emptied and limited himself of the use of his divine attributes, mm -hmm. including his all-knowingness. But see, this is where Jehovah's Witnesses will say that proves he's not God. Because God knows all things. Jesus admits he doesn't know all things. Therefore, Jesus is not God. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's something that they pick on a lot, but that's not the case. Because, well, how would, we, how would we respond to that? Yeah, well, we would respond to that because it, the thing is, is other scriptures established the point that Jesus limited himself, became a human being yep. like us. Yep. So there's a process. There's evidence of this where scripture says yeah. specifically he was God and he limited. So I'm well, gonna, was Jesus, because like you can yeah, ask yeah. the question is like, was Jesus om, omnipresent no. when he was a human being was he everywhere in the universe while he was embodied i don't think so no i mean he's a he's <laughs> right that's like saying like am i everywhere in the universe right now i mean yes. like that's kind of how could he be a human being unless he limited some of these attributes yes exactly so so that's the thing god could not become human unless he limited himself well he wouldn't have the human experience that's for sure exactly yeah, yeah. and so i'm going to read a passage for you guys that kind of affirms this idea this is from uh luke 252 Oh, sorry, 2, 39 through 40. That's what I'm going to read first. Uh, when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So, so hmm. this passage is talking about Jesus and yeah. it's saying he grew, he increased his knowledge, and he became strong. How can you increase your knowledge if you know all things? That's the the thing here, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's well, see, a good point. Doesn't that prove he's not God, Tyler? No, because it just shows that he limited himself. Yep, that's right. Yeah, exactly. And so and then, uh, now I'm going to read Luke 2.52. Okay. And that's where it says, And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? So Jesus is growing spiritually because it's saying here that he, he grew in his favor with God because he was growing in him. He was growing as a soul, 
as mm-hmm. a person. Yeah. Well, because Jesus had a human soul. He did, yeah. He wasn't, it's not like he mm-hmm. was the divine second person of the Trinity soul put into a human body. He was 100% yeah. a human, which means a human body and a human soul. Yeah, that's what he would right? have to be. He was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he was growing in wisdom and in stature. Well, that's crazy to think about. So you're telling me, so you're telling me that the God who created all things, which John 1, 1 through 3 says, mm-hmm. he limited himself to have to learn how to speak Aramaic. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? That's the gospel. Yeah. That's really what's happening. I'm just saying. And he limited yeah, himself yeah. to have to learn how to do carpentry. Mm-hmm. And he limited himself. So so the, the God who wrote the scriptures submitted to having to study and learn and memorize them to know them. Yes, yes. And, and you know what? That, yeah, this is a crazy concept, right? But that's the whole idea of the gospel, yeah. right? And so if you want to um, kind of extend on that, the, the question of does Jesus make mistakes, though? Because yeah, so he's that, human, right? That one gets really weird. That's kind of the question you want to ask. I thought about this a lot. And, uh, okay, so at first blush, people say, God doesn't make mistakes, right? Sure. Uh, even, uh, it's funny, because at church this weekend, um, we were singing this really great song by Christian Stanfill, and it's called "More to Come." Yeah, uh, it's 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 an awesome song. I lo- I really like it. I like what Passion does with their music stuff. It's really good. But part of the song says, "We are confident in all your ways, because we know you never make mistakes." Hmm. And I'm singing that, and then I was like, "Do I believe that?" Does God ever make mistakes? And now listen, people might be freaking out, going like, oh, Robbie's a heretic. This is crazy. Heresy. No, listen to what I'm saying here. <laughs> listen to what I'm saying here. Uh, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit don't for sure make mistakes. That's just for sure. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit and the Son and God the Father don't sin. They can't sin. So right. I'm, I'm there with that. Yeah. So I'm not saying they sin. They don't sin. Of course. But when it comes to Jesus in his humanity, did he ever make a mistake? Such as, did he have to learn how to use dexterity and motor skills to hold a cup to drink it? Yeah. Did, did Jesus ever drop a cup of milk or a cup of water? Probably. Did he ever spill food when he was an infant? Did he? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like isn't that an aspect of how we grow and learn and mature? Like, you think about how Jesus was a carpenter, and we assume that his, his dad, Joseph, taught him carpentry. So did yeah, Jesus just perfectly know how to do everything? Did he perfectly know how to plane boards? Yeah, was he the and best how to carpenter things? ever? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, his, was his technique amazing? Did he never hit his thumb with a nail? The first time he made a cut, did he make the perfect cut? Did he ever measure wrong? He never got splinters. Never <laughs> got splinters. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't think so. I think that he got splinters. I think he probably banged his thumb on accident. Probably all the time. Because that's just what happened. He made yeah. mistakes. Mm-hmm. But those aren't sin. Okay, that's not so. I don't think Jesus sinned. Yeah, but did right. he make mistakes? I I think he did in this sense. I think mistakes are necessary part of maturing, learning, and growing in wisdom. Now, yeah, I don't think Jesus ever made the mistake of letting anger get the best of him and punching his mom in the face. Yeah, of course. Well, that's yeah. sin. That's not a mistake, yeah. right? So sometimes we call sin mistakes, but in the well, sense yeah. of a, a kid spilling milk or fumbling or even dropping a tool while you're working on something, that's not sin. No. But it's a it's a mistake. Yeah, and, and I so think, I do think Jesus made mistakes. I think that's why too, like uh, that's a, a good example of where wording is important. Like I don't yeah. I don't think we should refer to sins as mistakes. 
No. Because the thing is, is like, like, I mean, we've talked about like consequences of sin, right? Yeah. Where there's like some that have lesser consequences and greater, but but you can't, you should not refer to a sin as a mistake. No. And because then that's where it kind of gets this false idea in our heads. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where it leads into the next um, uh, part of this. Yeah, because we want to talk about yeah, what's the distinction between sin and mistakes? And yeah, was he just able to? Make mistakes, but was he able to sin? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- that's the difference of packability versus impeccability. Yeah. So uh, what I want to break well, down— unpack that for us a little, because yeah, these are theological yeah. concepts. Peckability, impeccability. It sounds like a chicken. Yeah, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not typical words we use. To peck so, or yeah, not to peck. To peck or not to peck. Yeah, so let's talk about there these. There we go. Yeah, so was Jesus ab- unable to sin, which is impeccability? So he cannot—so he yeah. wasn't—he couldn't have sinned. He couldn't have sinned. Like, it's it an impossibility. Even, it wasn't even possible. That's impeccability. That's, that's, that's okay. impeccability. Or was— or able not to sin, like the ability to not sin. So which is one is he was unable to sin, impeccability. Peccability is he didn't sin, but it was because he was able not to do it. Yeah, exactly. Not because he couldn't have done it. Exactly. That's that's okay. what it is. And so uh, was it possible for Jesus to sin and he didn't, or was he never able to actually sin? That's that's okay. what this boils down to. Yep. Uh, so I have a passage here. I think Hebrews 4.15 provides uh, possibly provides an answer to the question okay uh, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin hmm. that's Hebrews 4:15 and now that's okay. interesting because uh, I I, th- I like this quote from Charles Hodge it says temptation implies the possibility of sin and hmm. I, I think I would agree with that okay right and, and if Christ could not even given into the temptation, though, was it actually tempting? That's really the question that you got to ask. If you yourself. can't eat the cookie, how can you be tempted yeah, to eat the that's, cookie? Yeah, that's really the question. So, so when mm. you think about it, it would have to make sense based off of a lot of like these ideas that Jesus was able to sin, right? But he didn't. But he didn't, right? Mm. And so uh, that's the question that we got to kind of ask and wrestle. Yeah. With here. Well, and it's interesting because even go back to last week, how Jesus is the second Adam. Yeah. Adam was made perfect, but he he was able to sin and temptation yeah. got the best of Adam and Eve. So Jesus I mean, Adam actually started out yeah. like in the same way Jesus started out. Mm-hmm. Essentially is that like he had like the the ability to sin, but yeah. he hadn't sinned yet. Uh, well, yeah, but the only difference yeah. would be Jesus is surrounded by a broken nature and a broken people. Yeah, so people. actually, Jesus has it a he lot more harder. difficult. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah Adam did. had no influence. It was yep. just it was just him and God. There you go. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, that's a little bit different. But I think yeah, it's an interesting question. Could Jesus not sin? Was it impossible, yeah. or was he just enabled not to do it? Um, I, I like that Charles Hodge quote about how temptation implies the possibility of sin. Because if you can't give into it, how are you tempted to give into it? Yeah, it's what are you tempted to do? It makes sense philosophically. Yeah, you have to you have to think this through. It does. Now there are Christians who believe the other side of the coin. Because Charles Hodge would be sure. teaching peccability. So William Shedd would be teaching impeccability. Uh, here's a quote from William Shedd. He says, "A person who can't sin." can still be tempted in the same way an unconquerable army still can be attacked. And that's an interesting analogy. I don't know if I buy what he's saying. Now, here's the question. What if Jesus would have sinned? Would that have destroyed the universe as we know it? 
And that's where they'd say, you see, he's as the second person in the Trinity, he cannot sin, but in his humanity, he was tempted to sin. Mm-hmm. And then, I, and then the other side would say, but how's he tempted if he couldn't do it? Yeah. And how can he empathize with our every weakness if he really mm-hmm. can't because he wasn't ever tempted? Then the, he really could have. The, then yeah, that's, the, the, that's what yeah. That, that's kind of what I think. But I also think, well, what if he would have? That would have been nuts. Like that would have destroyed. God can't sin. Yeah. So. So I go back and forth on what I think about this, to be honest. Is it well, impeccability? Yeah, yeah. Is it peccability? I don't know. But we should wrestle with this fact. It's clear the Bible teaches Jesus was tempted. Of course. In, yeah. in John chapter yeah. or is it Matthew chapter four, it says that the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was a real temptation. You can't yeah. argue against that. Of course. He was hungry. Yeah. He did come no, to, well, you to can, conquer. But I don't think you're right. Is the thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Bible's clear that yeah. he was tempted. I mean, even Hebrews 4, 15 says he was tempted in every way as we are, yet was without sin, right? Yeah. So um, the interesting thing is if Jesus was tempted, we, we can't believe temptation is sin. Mm. Right? Because Jesus didn't sin. So being tempted cannot be sin. Uh, I want to read uh, James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So temptation can't be sin because temptation can lead to sin. Yeah. Right? Temptation, when it's conceived, when you give into it, is sin. And sin, when it's kept going and going and going, it brings forth and leads to death. Yeah. But this passage is also interesting because it says, God cannot be tempted with evil. Mm, Wait a second. Okay. So Jesus was God, but it seems like Satan tempted Jesus. Yeah. So is this verse saying God can't be tempted or he can't be tempted to do evil? Well, then you would wonder, okay, then Jesus wasn't really tempted with sin. Do you see how yeah. it gets complex? And I think like the humanity of Christ, this hypostatic union of he's 100% God, 100% man, it, it gets dicey sometimes. Yeah. Like where, when, how, what? And I know it worked perfectly together, but sometimes I I don't know how. Yeah, and that's that's where it comes into play, uh, where we think, think this through about the humanity and divinity of yes. Jesus. Uh, like they both are necessary. Yes, yeah, and so uh, so Jesus' humanity and his divinity are both vital in order for him to accomplish the goal of reconciling us to God. And I, I think I, I think this quote puts it well by Paul Enns. I think it's pronounced that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both natures are necessary for redemption. As a man, Christ could represent man and die as a man. As God, the death of Christ could have infinite value, sufficient to provide redemption for the sins of the world. Yeah, so he he had to be a man and he had to be God or he couldn't have accomplished what he wanted. Yeah. Kind of like when we're talking about Jehovah's Witnesses, right? He, If he was just an angel, he has no... Um, he has no credence. He has no power. He has no ability mm. to forgive sin because he wasn't the offended party. Yeah, that's that's exactly the case. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of like, like he had to have both in yes. order for this to work work out. And like you see in First uh, Timothy two five says there is one mediator between God and men, 
the man Jesus Christ. So like mm-hmm. that's again affirming that idea. Right? It emphasizes like, the man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and but it's also it's saying he's the mediator, meaning mm-hmm. like he's in between that, right? Yep. So that's kind of that idea. And then in Hebrews two seventeen says therefore he had to be made like his brethren in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make a propitiation for the sins of the people, right? Mm -hmm. He had to experience humanity to be given this order of the priesthood, because that's that's what Hebrews is all about. Like, they're they're elevating Jesus and talking about comparing him as the great high priest. So they're saying he can't do those things as the great high priest without going through his humanity, because he's, he's a priest. The idea, biblically, of a priest is to appeal to God on behalf of men. Yep. So how... How is Jesus a priest if he's like, you know, how is he appealing on behalf of men? So, so that's exactly the case. Yeah. So they're pointing out he had to be fully man and fully God. He became the offender. And at the same time, he was the offended. Exactly. Yeah. I I like the way you put it just now. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. So when we talk about the humanity of Jesus, there's so much to get into that he emptied himself. Yeah. Um, What was it like uh, with him in in relationship to sin? Was he able to sin? Was he unable to sin? How did that work in his temptations? Um, he, his divinity and his humanity are necessary for atonement and for redemption to take place. Mm. And then the last thing that we want to talk about, which is really, I think, interesting, is and, and people don't think about this very often, but Jesus right now is still a human being. Yeah. He's not merely a human being, but he's still yeah. a human being. Yeah. And so this this there's so many scriptures that talk about this, how he's the first fruits of what we will become, right? He is he does have a resurrected body. He has a glorified body like we will have at right. our resurrection. Um so there's a lot of a lot of evidence for this. Um but a couple of things are after Jesus rose from the dead. Um, he appeared to his disciples and to 500 people at one time, and he had the scars mm. from the crucifixion still. He did. Right? That's right. So he tells he tells Thomas, feel, put your finger in, in the holes in my hands. Put your finger your hand in the hole in my side, right? So he still has scars. Um, he has flesh and bones, right? Uh, he still has a stomach and teeth. We know this because he eats food with the disciples in Luke chapter 24. So he's very much human after his resurrection. Um, In Acts 111 with the ascension, right? Jesus ascends to heaven in his resurrected body. And then the angels come and they say what? They say, men of Jerusalem, what are you looking at? Just as you've seen him leave, right? He will return in the same manner. Yeah. So he's going to come back. With the resurrected body. That's interesting. It's great, yeah. Yep. Uh, Another thing that we know is in Acts 7, when Stephen was being stoned, it said that heaven opened up and he saw a glimpse of the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God, Jesus still in his resurrected body as the Son of Man. Uh, In Revelation 1.13, John's uh, revelation, right? We see that he sees the Son of Man Mm, in heaven. Um, Matthew 26, 29, Jesus promised his disciples that he wouldn't drink wine until he drank it with them in his father's kingdom. Yeah. So Jesus is implying in the future, he's going to have a body that's capable of drinking wine. Of course. Yeah. Okay. That's a cool thing. 
Um, and then Jesus, his his ongoing work as high priest, as a prophet, as the king, requires he continues to be the God-man. It does, One day yeah. he's going to come back, and he's going to literally sit on the throne of David. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. The, the promise to David in, sec, in 2 Samuel 7 was that he would always have a descendant on the throne forever. That's right. So, so the second person of the Trinity isn't related to David, but the human Jesus is related to David. He is. So for yes. him to be on the throne of David forever implies Jesus is going to be human forever. Yeah. That's right. And you know, the, the crazy part about this too, is it makes sense why he would be human forever because God wants to relate with us mm-hmm. for eternity. Yep. And how else can he do that without literally being one of us? Yep. That's right. right? And that's, that's his purpose. He wants us to understand more about who he is by becoming one of us. Well, and that goes to that yeah. passage that says, no one has seen God at any time, but the man, Jesus Christ, has explained him to us. Yes, that, that makes right? him so much more relatable. Yeah, Philip says, yeah. hey, if you show us the Father, it'll be enough for us. And Jesus says to him, Philip, have I been with you this long that you don't recognize me? If you've yeah. seen me, you've seen the Father. That's what he says. It is. It if is. you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So you're exactly and it's right. Great. He's yeah. explaining, he's relating, he's showing us who he is on a level that we can comprehend, right? Mm. Be- by becoming a peer. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. By it's... becoming a peer in order to redeem us, in order to show who he is to us, in order to relate with us. Now, again, you go back to that Philippians 2 kenosis passage, mm. and Paul starts the whole thing off with saying, have this attitude in you that was in Christ. That he was humble enough to do all this. Yeah. It is crazy, right? So Jesus currently, right now, is in his resurrected body. Yeah, and it's, again, like just that whole idea of him being human and God, Mm -hmm. it's so necessary. And we see this all throughout scripture. It's very clear. And so I think that what this should do for us as Christians is like, like kind of encourage us and know that God is one of us, mm-hmm. right? Like it should, it should kind of make it exciting to meet, be with Jesus face to face one day yeah. because we're going to actually see one of our own who is still God and yet humbling himself by staying and remaining mm-hmm. in the form of one of us, a yep. human, right? Yep. And so, so it's it just phenomenal. I think it is. It's, yeah. a, it's a big thought. And it, I also studying the humanity of Jesus just it makes him more relatable because he's not some Superman yeah. Hercules. He hit his he hit his hand with a nail and a, and a, and a hammer, yeah, right? Yeah. He got splinters. He needed to stretch because he was getting older. Yeah. Right. I yeah. feel that now. It's like, oh man, I'm waking up with all these aches and pains. Jesus went through that type of a life. Um, you you wonder, right? Did he get sick? Mm, Probably yeah. just because he he was sinless, that didn't mean there weren't viruses in the yeah, world that could yeah. infect him. Um, well, all those types. Yeah, of that's things. the same argument though. Like, of course he could get sick because he mm-hmm. could die. Yes, that's the thing. It, like, he was able to be crucified and beaten and tortured. So yep. it's like, of course he could get sick. He probably did. He probably but there was did. a good chance that he did. And so it, it just really thinking through his humanity. I think it's it's sobering and it helps us to uh, kind of relate with him on a more personal level. And, and yeah. God knows this, and that's why he chose to come and be in physical form and remain that way for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because he. Like, think about it. From where he was and who he was in order to come on a rescue mission here. I mean, it, it's almost like us. Mm. Well, like, what's the worst place in the world you can think of? 
I mean, the most dangerous. Tucson. The girl Tucson. <laughs> oh, wow, wow, <laughs> that's a joke. It's not, it's not, yeah, not, a, not, not that far. No, probably New Mexico. Yeah, in New Mexico. There you go. No, <laughs> the, the, but the, the craziest place in the world, right? I mean, you yeah, think sure. about some scary place that's super dangerous, where there's disease everywhere and yeah. crazy supernatural events, and you know, think like a Haiti or like Sudan sure, or something yeah, like dark. Yeah, yeah. It, it's beyond that. What he left in order to come here. Yeah. And to submit to being here in his humanity. I mean, you talk about humility and why did he do that all? Not for his benefit, for our mm. benefit. Yeah. He did it because he loved us. We love because he first loved us. He sent his son because he was so in love with us and cared about us that he wanted to redeem us. And Jesus submitted to becoming part of us mm. forever. Yeah. yeah. So that he could redeem us forever. It's fascinating. I mean, what a humble and self-sacrificial God we serve. Yeah. It's amazing. And these are the things that I think help us to, um, again, adore him and and make him um, uh, very big in our minds and worthy of praise. And uh, again, yeah. contemplating the things of God and theology should lead us to worship. Yeah, right? it should. If it's just dead academics, yeah. you're doing it wrong. Yeah, right. It should right. lead us to adoration and worship of God. And we hope that, that today has done that for you. We yeah. hope that this New Year's Eve, you're thinking about who your God is and that the future is secure because of the promises he's made and that he's shown us he can He can mm-hmm. fix a human body because Jesus' body is fixed and will be yes, fixed yes. one day and we'll be with him one day. And um, that the future is really bright for those who believe and love Jesus, no yeah. matter what happens happens with politics no matter what happens course, with viruses yeah. no matter what happens nothing is uncommon there's nothing new under the sun mm-hmm. we have a high priest who can empathize with our every weakness which would include discouragement about politics discouragement about sicknesses discouragement yeah. about yeah. social upheaval right he gets it that's right yeah and, and he can empathize with us yeah and again and so I just hope that this uh, episode was encouraging to you guys today um, we, our goal of this podcast would be able to equip Christians, be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. But mm-hmm. we all, we also want you to understand your faith well and to know it well and to grow a passion and desire to get to know Jesus more. And hopefully this helps you empathize a little bit more with him because yeah. that's what he want, wants out of this in the fact that he became human for all of eternity. And so uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you could please go on social media and follow us on all of our accounts, that would be great. But also, uh, we've mentioned this past few episodes, we are now on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys would be are in a position in this new year to where you can financially support us as a ministry, you don't have to. Everything we do is free. Uh, we want to just spread the, the word. We want to spread apologetics. Mm-hmm to the masses. And by doing that, though, as a Patreon supporter, you can be a part of this. And that would just be huge. And with that, we also, for our supporters, we give you guys really cool things like uh, these stoneware mugs that we ordered. Um, We got these really cool t-shirts and stickers. And and there's just so much stuff that we're throwing out there for you guys. So if you are in a position where you can be a supporter of us on Patreon, please do that. Um, You can get there by going on Instagram. You could go to our our bio. We have a link that's there. You could click on for Patreon. Super easy to do. do Yeah. You also can get there if you just go to the Mm -hmm. show 
notes of however you're listening. If yeah. you're on yeah. Spotify or if you're on uh, Apple iTunes or what's it called now? It's just called Apple iTunes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, if you just go to the show notes for however you're listening, there'll be a link in there too that you can click on. Facebook page has the mm-hmm. link. YouTube has the link. All of it is there. We would love for you to support us if you can. That would be great. If not, we would love for you to keep listening, being yeah, encouraged, please. and being equipped by uh, the stuff that we're sharing. So thank you guys so much for being with us today. Uh, Let us be the first to wish you a happy new year because it's coming up tomorrow. Uh, We hope that um, you would grow more in your relationship with Jesus this next year uh, than you have previously and that by this time next year, your devotion to him, your adoration of him, and your love of him would have grown and your capacity to share the gospel and to reach people in your world would have grown too. So thanks so much for being with us today on Christ Culture and Coffee. Happy New Year, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people. 